You're listening to Breathe Like a Badass, the podcast for ambitious but anxious women who want to cut through overwhelm, negative self-talk, constant comparison and fear so that they can get the inner calm, clarity and focus that they need to build happy, fulfilling, freedom-filled businesses and lives that truly light them up, which is what we all want, right? I'm Hannah, your host, and I am an E slash INFP. Yes, I can be an extrovert and an introvert almost at the same time. And I live in Southwest London with my coffee, very plentiful supply of chocolate and my partner Ollie. And I use down to earth science-based meditation techniques to support women like you in creating the successful, fulfilling and incredible freedom filled life and business that you deserve. Long story short, I help you to be and love exactly who you are so that you can go out and do the work that you truly love and that really lights you up. In this podcast, I interview some absolutely incredible guests on topics ranging from meditation, mindfulness, habits, the power of routine, how to be kind to yourself and just give yourself a damn break, what it's like when you try things and fail, what it's like when you try things and actually maybe succeed, and how to take all of that hard-won life experience to become more fulfilled women, business owners, partners, friends, parents, or whatever it is that is super important and central to making our lives more meaningful, powerful, and successful, whatever that means to us. This episode of the Breathe Like a Badass podcast is brought to you by my brand new free quiz, What's Your Self-Isolation Identity Type? Life is on lockdown, but there's no one single way to get through this weird time, and you should ignore or unfollow anyone who makes you feel otherwise. This quiz is for you if you're ready to discover your self-isolation identity type so that you can actually tune out all of the news and the social media and get calm, positive and productive in a way that actually works for you and not what everyone else says that you should be doing. Head on over to breathelikeabadass.com forward slash isolation quiz. That's breathelikeabadass.com forward slash isolation quiz to take the free quiz now and find your own unique strengths and weaknesses so that you can get through this totally bizarre time feeling confident and calm and positive in a way that works for you. This week, I'm speaking to the brilliant Susie Weaver, who is the founder of the successful lifestyle blog, So Happy in Town, S-H-I-T, and who is a passionate advocate for mental health. She is now running her second hashtag it's okay to feel S-H-I-T campaign for the young people's mental health charity, Young Minds, following the huge success of her first campaign, And she also sells S-H-I-T t-shirts that you can actually see. I'm wearing one on my own Instagram page at Breathe Like a Badass if you want to check them out. And she also produces tote bags. And the sales of those t-shirts and bags put 100% of their profit towards Young Minds. As well as Young Minds, Susie also does incredible work with the adult charity My Black Dog. And she helps both children and adults to realize that it's totally okay to feel like S-H-I-T and how and why talking about it doesn't make you weak, but is actually a sign of strength. In this conversation, we also talked about what happens next. Like once you've had the courage to talk about how you're feeling, then what? 
We talked about why comparing your feelings to others or telling yourself that you don't deserve to feel the way that you do because other people have it worse than you is so unhelpful and damaging. And we also talk about how to deal with the ups, downs and downright bizarre emotional roller coaster that all of us are going through at this time because we're all still under lockdown because of the 2020 COVID-19 crisis. Whenever you're listening to this, I know that you're going to get some incredible gems from our conversation and there are lessons and learnings that can be applied whether you're feeling totally SHIT today, having a good day or anything else in between. I also just need to issue a little warning that there is swearing in this podcast and we also refer to mental health issues. I also want to make sure that I issue a trigger warning because we do talk very briefly about people wanting to end their lives. I also wanted to issue a kind of apology for this week. My podcast recording setup isn't professional at the best of times, but this particular podcast, some of the audio is not as great as I would like because we were doing the call over Zoom. We had some internet connection issues and all the other fun technology stuff that comes up when you're recording something from lockdown and neither of you can actually see each other in person. However, I know that the audio is good enough for you to hear everything that Susie was trying to say and I really hope that you find this conversation as enjoyable and valuable as I did. That's it for my little summary. That's enough from me. Let's get on with this week's show. Okay, Susie, we are recording. Thank you so much for being here and thank you also for your patience with the tech issues that we've had um, getting on the call. So really appreciate you being here. My end. Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute honour to be on this podcast to talk to you. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. Oh, so nice. Um, and to, to just address the elephant in the room, we are obviously talking during the current COVID-19 uh, crisis, if you want to call it that. And um, first, I just wanted to get that out there because I don't edit my podcast always exactly, you know, immediately after I record them. But probably when this goes out, it still will be happening. And so I just wanted to say how nice it is that we're still able to talk and that we're still able to connect at this kind of weird, social, isolated time. So that's another great thing about us talking today. So yay. Absolutely, yeah. Nice. So Susie, the reason I would love to talk to you today is because of your very incredible blog and Instagram page. And I say Instagram page because that's how I discovered you. And uh, for people who don't know, obviously you are uh, the blogger of the uh, blog page, So Happy in Town, and which is a very uh, brilliant way of referring to the SHIT <laughs> campaign, more specifically that it's okay to feel SHIT, yeah. it's okay to feel shit. Yeah. And I would just love for you to just summarize what does that mean to you? How did you get to be doing that? And what does it mean to you now to have the It's Okay to Feel SHIT campaign? Um, well, I started, so I started a lifestyle and parenting blog with the idea that I'd been writing for magazines, you know, trying to sell my ideas to various publications. And then I got to the point where someone said, why don't you start a blog? And I, I personally had never really followed blogs before, so I didn't really know what one was. And well, actually, this could just be a platform where I can write whatever I want and I don't have to kind of sell this to anyone. So that's how I started. So having time, I was thinking of a name and I wanted it to be about the highs and lows of, of life in general and life with, with kids. You know, I've got three kids 
um, as a parent and trying to work and juggle all these things. And, you know, there's basically good shit, there's bad shit. And like, the main thing was that we're all in it together and no one's doing a better job than anyone else. We're all kind of basically muddling through whatever you're doing in life, we're all just muddling through. And I've always valued, you know, and I've read something and I've thought, I get, that's how I feel. That's, yeah, I have those struggles or those days. And so I wanted it to be very much that kind of, that kind of platform. Um, and so I care passionately about mental health. It's a cause very close to my heart. And that's how I'd started the campaign. It's okay to feel, I thought I could incorporate the name of my blog with this, this idea that it really is completely okay to feel shit. You know, it doesn't feel it at the time, but it's, it's okay and it's really good to talk about it. So that's how the whole thing kind of came together and connected with the campaign and the blog. Yeah, I really love that. So as I say, I discovered you on Instagram as I do discover most people because it's, let's be honest, where I spend most of my time online. <laughs> and as I, yeah, looking down your feed and, and something that I was really attracted to with your feed is you've got a lot of kind of phrases that say, you know, it's actually okay not to know. It's okay not to feel like you're on top of things all the time. Um, we're all in this together what you feel is okay you don't have to have all the answers is that a message that was pertinent and useful for you at your time um sorry very very much at one point in your life how did that connect with your story yeah I mean I'm very I'm really glad that comes across because that is kind of the main theme of my Instagram page because when I first went on Instagram, was about, I don't know, three or four years ago, and it was full of, you know, I was scrolling through and, and no, you know, everyone's different, so everyone talks about different things, but then seeing accounts where everything was just perfect, and these people are coping so well, and, and their kids are, you know, spotless, and not covered in shit, and not moaning, and I, and I just feel bad about myself, and, and, you know, you, you shouldn't compare, but everyone does, it's impossible not to, and honestly, I'd feel like throwing my phone across the room. And um, I just thought this, you know, I, w- I don't want to ever make anyone ever feel like that. It's got to be real. So, you know, we're, we're all struggling at times. We all feel great at times. And it's whatever you're feeling is completely okay. And I, I really wanted, um, yeah, people to, to get that message. And especially, you know, at the moment where none of us, <laughs> you know, have a, have a clue really well, how we're going to cope with this isolation. And some people were feeling great one day, some people were feeling awful. And, you know, I've looked at some Instagram recently and it's made me feel a bit, ugh, because they all seem to be learning origami. I think I read that on the Instagram post recently or or fantastic watercolour or something. And I was like, I, I'm just trying to get through each day and I don't ever want anyone to ever feel like that when they look at my page. So it was very much like, that's fine and that's totally okay if you are doing that and if that's helping you through. But you know, if you're actually sitting in your pajamas um, and just eating chocolate and that's how you're going through, that's okay too. So yeah, I'm glad that that comes across. Yeah. So it, it seems like it's just about recognizing that actually we don't have perfect days and we don't have to be perfect to be okay. And I, yeah. that's the message that I kind of get from it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and for people to know, the, the main thing behind the mental health aspect, obviously, is that, and for young people, because I focus on that with my campaign, is that it's completely okay to 
talk about it. You know, you should never feel like when I first got depression in my early 20s, and that was back in the 90s, it was very much seen, and the stigma was huge, and it was seen like, I mean, you were a weirdo, you were a bit crazy. And, you know, I thought I never ever want anyone else to feel like that. And I know people still do, because unfortunately the stigma is still there, but that it's okay to reach out. And, and as much as you are scared to do it, because it is scary the first time you do it, God, it's really scary. Um, that people are not going to judge you, hopefully, and they are there for you, and that that's okay to talk about all these things. And I think the younger generation it, it is getting easier for them than it was for us, um, and I hope that the conversation is just going to keep open and, and just talking as much as possible about however you're feeling. Absolutely. So are you comfortable with telling us a bit more about your story? And, and Because you mentioned that mental health was a cause close to your heart and also that you yourself have struggled with mental health problems in the past yeah yeah was, was that a big part of what you're doing now as well yeah a, a big part i i first um got hit with depression in my early 20s and it really did come from nowhere i i was at university i was you know i had lots of friends everything was ticking you know all the boxes were ticked as far as if you looked at my sort of profile on a page, for instance, you know, I was doing well, I was sociable, I was, you know, fairly outgoing. I, I was, I was really, thought I was really happy. And then literally one day, um, I got hit by my first awful panic attack. I had no idea what it was. You know, I thought I was going mad. I thought I was going to die. This fear of death became a recurring theme for me, which I know many people struggle with, with panic attacks and anxiety. And, um, I just kept getting them and they got worse and worse. And I honestly thought I was going mad. And then I was also in a, just a fog of depression. And I still say, do not know what kind of sparked that. But then, and I was really lucky. I couldn't, I remember feeling so lonely at university. I couldn't talk to anyone there. And um, eventually my mum said to me, you know, I think you've got depression. And I was very much like I haven't got that because then we've never been told anything about mental health I've never even heard those words and it was really seen to be something that someone who was not quite right in the head would have and I said I'm, I'm that's not me and eventually she got with the doctor thank goodness and um you know I just I'll never forget this I sat in there for an hour and just cried and cried and cried and talked about everything that I was feeling and this loneliness and fear and and complete isolation really and then I was going mad and he said you know you have got depression and talked to me a bit more about it um he described me with antidepressants which completely helped me personally at that time I know it's not what everyone wants to do but it really was a lifesaver and then throughout my 20s I kind of it came sort of depression came and went in my life but it's I think it's always there when you have struggled with it and I'm very aware of my mental health and, and keeping myself you know on top of that and I can now you know I'm aware if I'm dipping or if I'm feeling an anxiety attack you know I do a lot of meditation and exercise a lot you know it helps me um so that's I sort of thought I never ever want a young person to feel the way I had felt and I know unfortunately lots lots of them still do but that's sort of I, one of the reasons I started my campaign also because I've, I was a teacher so I've seen firsthand there's there's you know unfortunately many children and teens struggling now more and more with their mental health and still not feeling that they can 
they can talk about it. Um, and then, you know, talking to friends whose kids are really struggling and it's just becoming, unfortunately, more of a common thing or, or maybe we're more aware of it, I don't know which, but so that's why I thought I really, really want to do something. And I thought, what can I do that, what, how can I connect with people? And I just thought, I know I'll, I'll just, a t-shirt and I'll do this slogan because that's what it's all about. It's okay to feel shit. And I contacted Young Minds and they were hugely, you know, on board with it. And I did my first campaign last year and uh, it, it really took off because I did think if I sell 50 t-shirts, that would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. And, and you know, even if I sell 10 and it kind of, with the power of well, social media and Instagram, it, it really kind of just spiraled and we, we made 7,000 pounds in the end in the last one and, and um, we started again this year. So that is the, yeah, that's the story behind it all. It's incredible. I mean, I wanted to ask you about working with Young Minds UK because I saw as well recently that you raised, was it two and a half thousand pounds most yeah, recently for them? This, yeah, this new campaign, um, we've got two and a half thousand pounds so far. And I just thought, obviously, with this isolation and coronavirus and all the worry and anxiety that, you know, all of us are feeling, but young people who have suddenly been told they're not going to finish this, they're probably not going to finish the school year, they're feeling displaced, they're missing their friends. I mean, children and teenagers and young people with existing mental health issues, that will be a huge strain on them. And then, of course, there's going to be many who are going to be struggling when they haven't been struggling before. So they um, need our money more than ever. So I think they're also concerned that donations are going to dry up because, of course, people are feeling the financial strain. So I thought I'll just give them that amount now, you know, even if it makes a tiny difference, that's something. And hopefully we can make some more over the next few weeks. I mean, I'm just going to keep going and see, hopefully, touch wood. Fantastic. So just so people know, Young Minds UK is a UK mental health charity for young people. Yes, it's the um, biggest one in the UK, the main one in the UK that young people can reach out to. And they sent me an email yesterday to say, you know, the number of texts and calls and emails they've had has already increased quite a lot in this last week. So it's going to get more and more, you know, th their volunteers are already really, really busy. So, um, yeah, it just hopefully we can make a little bit more money for them. It's fantastic. And so was that the thinking behind the T-shirt campaign then? Because obviously I will put links to your blog and your social media pages on the show notes for this podcast episode and what people will see very obviously on your page is the fantastic t-shirts that say it's okay to feel shit yeah. was that the start of your campaign then really kind of making it a t-shirt like quite literally putting it on a t-shirt and having people wear it and, and share the message in that way yeah it was basically that i that was the the first thing i thought what can you get to, to try and get money from people and, and to spread a message at the same time, because not just the financial part of it, that's obviously great to help young minds, but the side of it of just spreading that message to young people or to everyone actually is get it on people's chest, their boobs, and <laughs> just to, and a lot of people have stopped me or other people have heard about it in the street, because this one is much bolder, the, the slogan is much bigger, um, to say, well, wow, what, you know, what, what is all that all about and then if you talk about it, then you've opened up a conversation about mental health and um especially with kids i think some people's younger kids are a bit like oh it's a bit you know dodgy which i understand but with 
teenagers are things, you know, the power of a naughty word. They want to know, you know, why are you suddenly allowed to be wearing that? Why am I getting a t-shirt with that on it? And then, you know, I talked to my nine-year-old little boy, you know, just to, to talk about mental health in a very simplified form. But um, it just gets those conversations going, at, you know, which is another, yeah, big part of it. I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. Like, why not put the word SHIT on a T-shirt and get people to ask you about it? I mean, I just think it's brilliant. And it's one of the things that really attracted me to your page. I mean, I've got the word badass in my business, which something yeah, I like that. Rude. I don't think that's rude like I, I can be a lot more rude than the word badass if people want me to be but um but I do think it's pretty good it definitely gets people talking when you have those kinds of words well I um, worried about yeah I like badass I like that a lot it does it jumped out at me um I had worried about a bit about the the shit because um, especially on this t-shirt it's much bigger and then Someone said to me, a friend said to me, look, if, if anyone's really going to be worrying about that, they're missing the whole point of this. And as um, a, someone on Instagram messaged me to say, look, my daughter, who's been really, really struggling, she's, I think she's 14, said, but mum, it is shit. That's, that's what it is. There's no other word for it. And, and that kind of made me think, you know what? Yeah, if people are going to worry about these things, then they're missing the point. So, Absolutely. It does bring me back to a story which is completely unrelated, but I used to wear a hoodie at school because I went to school in France so they didn't have a school uniform for a lot of my education and um, I went to an English speaking school but they didn't have a uniform and I wore a hoodie from French Connection and it had FC UK on the front of it and I remember one teacher in particular used to always get really angry when I wore it and he used to ask me to take it off in his lessons (laughs) and I used to say what do you mean? it means French Connection UK, it's not a swear word, and he just was like, you're so obnoxious, and I really hate you, but... But they did it brilliantly, didn't they? They got away with that. I know. (laughs) I just think, I just, I think that story's funny, because firstly, it shows you what an obnoxious, awful teenager I was, but secondly, (laughs) it does, it really does show you the power of, like, putting something on a t-shirt, and whereas mine was just an advert for French Connection, yours is far more noble and far more interesting. (laughs) I kind of just love that. Um, So let's talk about the message that you are spreading, because, of course, it's so great, firstly, to be able to put a name to what you're feeling. And like you said, that 14 year old that said, do you know what, though? It is shit. Like, it is shit to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to pretend that I'm fine. I don't have to pretend that I'll just need to be positive and all my problems will be solved. Yeah. So can we talk about Firstly, this is a two-part question. So firstly, why is it important, do you think, for people to be able to just say, you know what, it feels like shit and it's okay to feel like shit? Um, Yeah, I think it's so, so important because if you're bottling up feelings when you're actually feeling absolutely miserable or scared or, you know, anxious, having panic attacks and you're having every single day to put on this, because we were kind of brought up with like, you walk out of that house and you put that smile on and you know, that's what you should do. Um, it's, it's really soul destroying and incredibly lonely and also makes you think the rest of the world, I remember feeling that, the rest of the world are fine and I'm the only one who's really not what's wrong with me and, and it, then you just spiral and you get worse and worse. So kids are at school all day being like, yeah, I'm fine, which I know a lot of them are, are doing, because there is still a huge stigma, you know, with anything to do with mental health, unfortunately. 
then they're coming home and just crashing. But then of course they're seeing on their social media, this is a huge problem for, for teenagers. Everyone looks like they're having an absolutely brilliant time on Instagram and on Snapchat, whatever they're using. And you're feeling like you're feeling having pretended you're fine. I think that is just um, really, really dangerous situation for anyone's mind. So I think if you feel like, you know, actually I could, I could go to a friend or a trusted adult or a counselor at school if you're lucky enough to have one and just say, you know, I'm not okay. I'm really not coping. And I am, you know, feeling like however you're feeling. And um, the relief of that is, is a really frightening thing to do. I remember the first time I, I opened up about it. And once you've done it, it's almost, there is a relief, especially if the person is going that, you know what? I, I felt like that too. And if more kids could talk to each other like that, um, it, it would just be so much easier for, for people who are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it is about that relief. What you were saying to me was making me think a few things. Firstly, if you talk about it, I mean, I'm sure that you know Brene Brown, who talks about mm. shame. Yeah. She says, you know, shame can't survive being talked about. Yeah, that's very good. Like, I think that that is, is honestly one of the most important reasons why people do say how important it is to talk and share with other people if you're feeling like crap, because yeah. it's not so much the feeling like crap that does the damage. I mean, obviously that is shit, but it's, it's the feeling of isolation, loneliness, shame, like you're the only one, you're, you should be doing better than you are. Why can't you get your shit together? you're kind of uniquely terrible and this is a theme that comes a, comes up a lot i mean even just in what i do with meditation because everyone thinks that you know they're they're the only one that can't meditate or they're the only one whose brain is too crazy to meditate or they're the only one who sits down and tries to meditate and they can't and for me that's just kind of symptomatic of, of this much bigger issue where we always think that we are alone and that we're the only ones who aren't coping yeah and so I think that that definitely came up for me when you were talking as well. And I think the other thing is that it's this idea that actually like it is okay. Like as in when you say it to someone, they're not going to freak out. There's not going to be a big panic. They're not going to think you're weird. It's not going to be this huge emergency. You're not going to be burdening anyone. Yeah. It's actually like, do you know what? It's okay. Like, let's talk about it. Let's create a safe space where you're able to talk about how you're feeling. Yeah. And yeah, it might feel like shit, but it's not quite the huge shameful disaster that you might fear. Because yeah. I felt like that too when I was younger. When I, I, I didn't realize that that's what was going on then. But I definitely felt that if I told anyone, especially my family and friends, you know, in the environment that I lived in, it, it wasn't really something that you would have discussed. And yeah. I felt a lot of fear about talking about how I felt because I didn't know what would be on the other side of that conversation. If I told someone how I felt, well, what the hell were they going to do about it? I would just kick off this, this storm or I don't know, make my problems someone else's problems. You know, there was all this going through my head as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think it is so important to, to actually say it's not just about, talking about how you feel it's not just about recognizing it it's not just about naming it but it's also about like you say understanding that there's such relief 
in in talking about how you feel yeah and that it's actually safe yeah and I think that's right like you say it's that you worry often that you're going to be a disappointment you're going to let your family down if you tell them you're not anything but absolutely hunky-dory and, and brilliant because children and teenagers should be you know it's meant to be a time of your life and but actually you know I talk to my kids a lot obviously about talking about feelings and it being okay you know too much sometimes my, my t- teenage girls are like oh god I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> but I'm so uh I've talked to them from a young age that it's it's really really okay if they want to talk about how they're feeling and yet there's nothing ever to be ashamed about there's nothing wrong you know with just crying that you know it's and you know we, we do this in the UK a lot oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry for burdening with you I'm sorry for crying like it's nothing to be sorry about it's it's good to get it out and we all do it as much as you, you probably think oh no one else no one should see me crying and no one else does this they do they do and it's just yeah, yeah. And I think it's really interesting that you're talking about young people because everything you're saying, I'm like, hello, I'm 31. I still feel this way. (laughs) I'm I'm saying young people, but it is all, you know, (laughs) I start to say to my kids as well. I, I've, I still feel exactly the way you're feeling, you know, I'm in my forties. It's, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It doesn't suddenly miraculously all just disappear as we get older at all. Absolutely. I do think it is a certain reframing in the conversation about mental health, though. I was talking about this with my boyfriend the other day, and he was saying that he heard a podcast talking about this, how it's actually okay to cry and sit there and just feel your feelings. Mm. And I thought that was so interesting because I've learned that as an adult through my work with meditation because so much of meditation, I mean, what I always call kind of the first step of meditation is just being aware of how you're feeling and just learning to sit in it. Not because you want to stay there forever or because it feels great and you're like, yes, this is good. I will just sit with how terrible I feel. But as the first step in understanding, this is how I feel, putting a name to it, not resisting it, not trying to pretend that everything's fine, And then the second step, and this is kind of the second part of the question I asked you earlier, is kind of like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's let, how can we, how can we help? Do we want to help? Mm. Is it appropriate to try and help? Mm. And I guess, like I said, that's the second question that I had for you. Okay, cool. Awesome. We've, we've, we've named that we feel like shit. We've realized that it's okay to feel like shit. And we've told someone what's next. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's why I always say, you know, as much as I'm saying it's okay, it's not okay. It feels it feels awful when you're feeling like that. There's, there's nothing worse, and it's very lonely. And but it's reaching out is the big thing. And and that's when I will say, you know, um, these charities like Young Minds are there to support you. I know it's very difficult. That's another reason why I did the campaign because there just isn't the mental health support. Um, on the NHS, unfortunately, there's there isn't funding. You're put on waiting lists for months. I've heard of parents with children who are really struggling because they haven't actually tried to commit suicide yet. They will not then get, you know, the relevant support, which is absolutely just a desperate situation this country is in with, with mental health support. So there are these charities, and they're doing amazing things. Um, I 
um, an ambassador for this new mental health charity called My Black Dog, um, which is fantastic because every single volunteer has been through it themselves. They've all had issues with their mental health. So it's, you know, when you're talking to someone and they're going, I know, I get it. And as much as you can't get what anyone else has been through, you know, their own personal journey, but you can relate to it and go, you know what, I felt like this then. And for me anyway, that really, really helps knowing that um, someone else has been through it. Because when you're talking to someone, as much as they can go, yeah, it's okay. You know, like you're saying, yeah, it's okay. But you're thinking, you have no idea actually what I've gone through. But My Black Dog has these, these um, support workers and it's a fantastic new charity. That's for um, adults. But yeah, so that's the sort of what I say, because I'm you know, not a trained psychologist in any means or counsellor or, you know, please do, if you really want, feel you need to, or the, the support is there, contact these charities because always someone will pick up your, your call. Or if you don't want to call, you can text now, you know, shout around it. You know, they have a, a great um, thing going because you can text and there's always someone at the end of your text and they have um, aligned with Young Minds and various other mental health charities. So they're all using this text service now, which is great. So I know often, you don't want to talk. It's, it's quite a big deal to actually talk and pick up the phone, but texting is so much easier. Um, so that's what I say. Yeah, it's not a kind of dead end. Yeah, it's okay. It's all okay to push it. Well, it's not actually. And even if you told someone, it's not suddenly going to disappear at all. It might, the relief will be there a little bit and you'll know that there is someone there to talk to, but you, you know, you do need to get help. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's so important to make that distinction because it's like, what you're saying is it's okay to feel like shit. It's okay to, to talk to someone, but actually the reason why we want to talk to someone is because we recognize that we don't want to actually feel like this forever. Yeah. And that there is hope. Yeah. Alone. Hannah, that's a very big, yeah, part of it that this feeling as shit as it feels now, it can get better and it will get better. There is help and you you will not because at, at the time you I felt like I was never ever going to feel any better I, I was stuck in this really hideous um cloud of depression and it can and it will get better if you if you get the help it really it will it's not forever um as hard as it is at the time yeah that's something as well that actually I say and actually my partner says as well often because both of us struggle with mental health issues and I think really to a degree a lot of people you know most people I don't want to talk for everyone but I would say as we are starting to see how common it is to struggle and I think something that I always say to myself is well even though I don't believe it right now I know that I'll feel better at some point yeah and it's it's hard to think that when you're in the the depths of it because you cannot see a way out but there is, um, and like you were saying, I was saying to people on my Instagram, whatever, mental health, everyone has mental health. It's, mm. it's just a health, like we've all got physical health, we've all got minds, we've all got bodies. So, you know, whatever state your mental health is in, we've all got it. So it's also a case of just talking about mental health. You know, I, I think in primary schools, as young as possible, children should be taught i'm not saying they should be taught about heavy you know mental illness issues but they should be taught about mental health because we all have it and it's good to look after it you know and the younger they're told about this the more if they do have struggles later on they'll be able to open up and talk about it 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's about tuning in and being aware of how you're feeling and for that not to be a strange thing. Because I think, I don't know about you, but it sounds like it, the way that you were brought up and the way that I was brought up, sometimes even to admit that you were feeling a bit more tired today or a little bit more sensitive today or just not really in the mood to talk to anyone today. When I was growing up, I even felt like that wasn't really okay. You know, Mm. it was almost like you have to always be on, you have to always be good. Um, And if you're more in touch with yourself, you're a bit, you're a bit touchy feely and you maybe just need to sort of, you maybe just sort of need to sort of get with the program a bit more and just kind of, just kind of buck your ideas up a little bit maybe. And, and I kind of get where that comes from because it is just about, you know, it's okay. You're good. Like, yeah. you know, let's just try and get through the day as best we can. So I sort of see where that mentality comes from, but I think something that I have had to learn as I've grown up mentally and physically is that, you know, some days I just feel more shit and more tired and there doesn't actually have to be a reason. Yeah. I'm just I'm just a human being that is sometimes up and sometimes down and I'm not a machine I'm not a robot and that's actually also okay completely I remember being told you know come on buck up you know you're so lucky you're so lucky in your life think this is one think of all the, the other kids or people out there who are not as lucky as you and you're kind of thinking well, I know about that and I'm sorry about that, but this is me and this is how I'm feeling. But yeah, I think definitely that we, there was none of not being allowed to, was there? It was allowed to feel those, those things. And luckily, I think, I'm sure that's still the same for a lot of people, unfortunately, but there is, it is better, isn't it? That we are, I think, hopefully allowing ourselves and our children to feel just how we feel. You can't really help it, can you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That- Completely, completely true. And I think the way, I mean, because I always see everything and the way that I learned about these things in my adult life was through discovering meditation. And for me, that has just been the gateway to talking about these issues and understanding these issues in my own life and also in other people's. And for me, the meditation is a habit that you do every day or nearly every day, rain or shine, happy or sad, good or bad, feeling tired, feeling great, whatever. And that for me is kind of a metaphor for this whole thing. It's like, actually some days I'll do the same meditation and feel great. And other times I'll do the the same meditation and feel like crap or I'll fall asleep. Or like I said, for no reason, I'll just wake up one day and be like, huh, I feel flat today. And I don't really know why. And maybe, maybe if I keep on thinking about it, maybe I'll realize why. But sometimes there's not a reason and that's also okay. And I just think your campaign is is so great at acknowledging that and just being like, actually, sometimes you do feel like shit and it's not necessarily this big disaster. You can just talk about it and take the shame away from it and recognize that so many of us do also feel the same. And that's fine. Yeah. And especially with this weird situation we're all in now, yeah, and I was thinking the other day, it's the first time ever, I think, probably in the history of mankind, where it's every single country in the world is in the same 
awful situation is you know often those things go out there in other countries or you know unique to them and we hear about it in the news but this is the first time we're literally all in the same boat so it's it, you know it's unified everyone so I'm very aware when I write stuff on Instagram as well that you know yeah like I said earlier that uh, there'll be a day when someone's feeling great and someone's not feeling great but just to be sort of aware of that so if you're feeling great that's completely okay but you know but if someone else isn't, that's also okay. And, and we're all going to be feeling all sorts of things in the coming few weeks. You know, who knows how we're going to feel? We've got no idea. But um, I'm just really harping on, I think, at the moment, on that it's all okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think as well, something we were talking about earlier, about how there's such a huge amount of pressure at the moment, I think. Not only because of the anxiety of the situation itself, you know, the unknowns and it's scary and worrying about elderly relatives or elderly parents or whatever it may be but also I think it's been really interesting to watch how different people have responded to the isolation to the lockdown some people are like okay great I'm gonna learn a new language and write a novel and bake bread every day and suddenly become a brilliant painter and I'm kind of like oh wow amazing like good idea but also Really? Like, that sounds like a lot to be dealing with when there's also all of this uncertainty and fear. And actually, some days, all I'm doing is just sort of sitting on the sofa and kind of comfort eating. And that's, you know, and it's sort of like, what would your message be in the spirit of your campaign to people who are perhaps feeling weird and up and down and isolated and anxious at at what, like you said, is, is really an unprecedented time in history. Yeah. Well, I said earlier, yeah, I was feeling last week like, oh, my God, everyone's learning all these new things. And I, I'm literally just trying to feed my children. And I was homeschooling. That's another kind of added pressure. And thousands of WhatsApp messages from well-meaning people saying, these are all the amazing things I'm doing with my kids. And literally, my son's been in his pajamas for two weeks. And I'm trying, trying to keep him off his Nintendo Switch is a, a battle within itself. So I suddenly just had this sort of, stop because I could feel my head frazzled and you know I was feeling these emails coming in about school lesson plans and I can't do I just can't do this and keep myself (laughs) feeling okay um so I just sort of stopped and my you know everyone is different but for me it was just take every day each day at a time because like we were saying one day you're going to be feeling, you know, I've got this. Yeah, I'm going to get up and do exercise and first thing in the morning, and then I'm going to make everyone pancakes, you know. But other days, like yesterday, as I said to you, I was just, oh, ugh, just not, not feeling it at all. And I literally just got through that day. So I'm just, personally anyway, just taking each day as it comes, trying to do exercises as whatever you can like if you've got a garden that's great go for a little walk just down the road um anything I think just to like you were saying earlier just to get out in the fresh air even if it's for five minutes um like you I meditate every day so that really 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 helps me um and I'm I'm reading reading at night is is really escaping you know it's a great escape in that my mind then I just switch off from everything and also I was watching the news and that was doing my head in and I would feel so, and really, I had nearly had an anxiety attack 
last week after one of Boris Johnson's things. And I just thought, no, I need personally to step away from that because it is just not doing me any favors. Um, so that's, yeah, and keep talking, keep talking. If you're living on your own, you know, pick up the phone or text or whatever you do to keep in contact with people. Um, and if you're in a family at home, just keep checking on each other, I think, and, and making sure everyone's, everyone's doing all right. Because, yeah, I mean, talking to you here now is just so lovely because it's someone completely fresh and new and, and different and it's like a breath of fresh air today. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, thank you, firstly, for saying that. But I've definitely been feeling that too. I've been making a real effort to make sure that I connect with people I say face to face, but I mean on Zoom like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, not actually face to face, but I mean even things like when I've been messaging people on Instagram, I've been using voice notes so yeah. much more. Yeah. And sending voice messages to my family and friends, which I wouldn't normally do because normally it's just easier to text, and you know I'll probably see them for dinner next week or something. So I don't need to really voice message them because it's kind of a pain. But now. I'm realizing the importance of connection and checking on people and actually showing my face and actually, yeah, using the voice message thing. And it's just, it's, it's so interesting that it takes a period of isolation like this to sort of remind us all how important connection actually is. I know, I know because I'm lazy at picking up a phone or I'm so, you know, it's so easy to text or, or WhatsApp over now, but like you, I'm actually, we actually, um, did a, a Zoom with our really good friends in Canada who we never, you know, love them dearly, but we just never bothered to. And it was so nice to see them, actually see their faces. And it was so easy. And I thought, why do we never do that? I know, it's true. And uh, I did a, a call with my boyfriend's parents as well. And we do see them every now and again, you know, in real life. But it was almost like, why don't we face message more? I mean, this is fine. Like, what a good idea, you I know? know. It's you so know, true, I agree. You've got this house party app. Have you been using that at all? I haven't, but I actually, I need to get on it. Well, the whole, we're all on it because my kids, you know, it's really important for them obviously to keep talking to their friends because they, they're really missing them and they're going to, it's going to get harder and harder. So they're on it. And my mum, who's, how old's mum? She's 74 now. So she got on it because we did a family one on Sunday. And next thing, she, she's connected into my little boy's um, group who are all talking about Pokemon and there's suddenly Granny's face on the screen <laughs> and he just ran through and he looked terrified. He's like, Mommy, Mommy, Granny's Granny's on the house party. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's quite funny because the thing about it, unlike Zoom, you can you can it seems like you can join anyone's chat unless they've what? locked the room. I know, I know. It's another I mean it's a crazy thing, but we're all now on house party and but these things are suddenly really important, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And I kind of think that, I mean, it's a very privileged position to be in. And I do say this being aware of that because so many people have, have had their lives just completely ruined and turned yeah. upside down and lost their jobs and are living in really terrible situations. So uh, part of, I was saying earlier, this is a complete caveat, but part of what I was feeling about being so up and down about the whole thing is because a lot of what I've been feeling is guilt because mm -hmm. actually my life hasn't really changed that much because I work from home all the time anyway and my partner works from home most of the time and we're fine we've got enough food we're healthy like whatever but I think it definitely does show like how important it is to just be grateful for what you have actually yeah. and 
and kind of like like I say make that effort to kind of connect with people and and just kind of realize like actually yes it is important to connect and it is important to to be grateful and, and make sure that you are reaching out to people and and like I said being in touch with with how you are feeling and just to keep on talking about it like you said it just it really just reminds me yeah and it is like I said before but it's the first time we're all in the same situation so whoever you talk to you know and not that we're talking to people out in the street much but you know we're, we're anyone in any country is sort of going through the same thing so I know it's like you say it's a it's a terrible thing that's happening and a lot of people are in far worse situations than us but um it is it is connecting and unifying the world really yeah there has just been so many wonderful things that wouldn't have happened without it i mean even i'm just thinking about things like famous musicians giving kind of at home concerts and stuff like that and i know just it's- what a great thing exactly yeah because they're all they're all <laughs> even yeah even you always expect celebrities to be in some sort of other world to us and another plane but actually even they are stuck at home like even like bono is stuck at home and he's doing little impromptu <laughs> guitar recitals because he, he, he can yeah i just think it's so great i love that yeah. I, and that has really been a plus side to this whole thing i mean my partner and I, we took part in an online Zoom choir rehearsal the other day. Oh, wow. And we couldn't all sing together because there was the there's a delay with the with the tech and it wouldn't yeah. have worked. But there was a guy with a keyboard who normally leads the choir. And this isn't a choir that we're normally part of, but it is quite a well-known choir in London. And they've got a Facebook page, and that's how I found out about it. But he just showed up on Zoom with his keyboard and basically just led a choir practice like he normally would and then everyone at home was just singing along in their living room and every now and again we turned off we turned on our microphones and we could say hi to each other and then we went back to singing as singing again and even though we weren't singing together we were really yeah you know and it was kind of amazing and that wouldn't have happened without this no no and we're so lucky out with all the technology we have now because a lot of the conversation around mental health and even us right now are kind of trying to find the positive and focusing on the good and, and, and thinking about what we're grateful for and all of that stuff is all brilliant. And, and I completely think that focusing on the positive and focusing on the good stuff and training yourself to see the good in every situation, I think there's so much value in that because I, whether it was na- nature or nurture, I don't know, either one, bit of both, I tend towards the negative. I tend to see things that are wrong unless I really push myself, unless I, and it's part of a retraining of my brain Mm. that has been happening over the past few years, the past decade or so, I would say, of actually really making an effort to see the good in every situation and be grateful. And so what I'm trying to say, long story short, is I'm I'm not knocking that approach. And I think it's extremely powerful. However, however, there is a lot of criticism and I would say rightfully criticism of what you might call toxic positivity Mm. or social or spiritual bypassing where people will say I don't need an inspirational Instagram quote if you say to me just focus on the positive stop focusing on the negative Mm. if you focus on what you 
don't want, you'll just get more of that and all this stuff. And I think that can be, especially in Britain, I want to say, I think it's quite a British thing. People often reject self-help type campaigns. They might reject campaigns such as yours, wrongfully, but it happens. A lot of people have this same criticism with meditation. You know, breathing isn't going to help. What's the point? Mm. This is toxic positivity. I don't want to just focus on the good stuff all the time. Like, and I feel like your campaign does touch upon that quite a lot because yes, you have kind of inspirational Instagram quotes, but so much of your work is about actually, you don't always have to be positive all the time. Yeah. Do you think about this idea of toxic positivity? Do you think it's still a problem? Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of quotes like that on Instagram. I don't ever do them myself because for that very reason, uh, if someone said that to me, think of the positive. I, I'm not knocking them at all because I know it, they can lift people up and they're, they're really inspiring a lot of them. But um, when, if I was feeling down and struggling, I see that. And I think you're, you're right. It's a thing in our country, probably. People tend to veer more towards the cynical, negative outlook on that. Um, I would look at that and think that what that is that is not what I can't see any positive. How can you tell me to look at positives? So I don't write anything ever like that. Um, yes, because I do think it, it can. You can just look at that and think well, the hell is that going to, you know, how is that going to make me feel better? Because I, I can't even see the wood for the trees at the moment because I'm, you know, I, I can't even think of a positive in my life. So, um, yeah, again, I'm not knocking them at all. Um, and I know there's a, a big kind of, um, what's the word? A lot of them on Instagram at the moment, aren't they? And, and then positive quotes. And, and I, I look at them and I like them because if you're feeling okay and you're feeling, yeah, you know, right, you're right. Don't look at the negatives. Look, but it, I'm like you, I tend to look at the negatives. I'm a little bit glass, 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 half empty person. And I'm, again, like you, been working on that a lot. Um, and working a lot on gratitude because when you do think about what you're grateful for, there isn't much room to think about the negatives so much. But yeah, I think it, it's, it's quite a fine line, isn't it, between feeling yeah, that's great. That's going to lift me up. I can, but and also feeling like, you know what, get you know, you say fuck you. Can I swear on this? <laughs> yep. yep. You can not, say fuck you. Yep. <laughs> what the hell do you know? I'm I'm feeling absolutely shit, and that's not going to make me feel any better. Mm. Um, there's an element of slight smugness about it, which I don't think people mean at all. But if you're not feeling you're not feeling it, then that's what how it will come across. Um, it is a fine line. I think yeah. you're absolutely right to say that. Fine line, fine balance. And I find that even now. I mean, often if I'm feeling really bad about something, I'll say, yes, but think about everything that's going right. Think about everything that you're grateful for. And yes, that can be really useful. But actually, sometimes that just becomes another stick that you're beating yourself with. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, think about everything that I have. How, how dare I feel bad? because look at how wonderful my life is compared to so many people out there. And I used to, when I was really depressed or have, have struggled with um, depression, that's exactly how I'd feel. What, what is wrong with me when I've got all these things, you know, I've got a great family and a boyfriend and, 
and I'm still feeling like this, you know, there's something really bad about me that I, I, I can't be more positive. When there's people who are really, you know, really got a lot to feel depressed about. And so it, it doesn't actually help you at all. <laughs> uh, like you say, it puts more pressure on you. Um, and if you're fragile anyway, it's, it's just not a great thing to be putting, you know, adding more pressure on, onto yourself. Yeah. And I can't I, believe, I, by the way, I said, I said to you, can I swear on this? And we've been talking about shit the entire podcast. <laughs> because yep. to me, the F word always seems so much worse. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, absolutely. No, we can definitely swear on this podcast. <laughs> I will put an advisory warning at the beginning <laughs> of it for anyone that might be listening with kids. But no, absolutely. I mean, I think trying to talk about this stuff without swearing, frankly, I don't really get very far because I, I need true. the swear words to, <laughs> to really explain what's going on. Um, yeah, totally. And, and I think that is what's so fascinating and what I find so compelling about your campaign, because I think that it does really speak to that tension between it's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to talk about it and it's okay to not always be positive but on the flip side, actually, we don't want to feel like shit all the time. So how can we start to feel better? Or how can we start to open up about potentially finding help to one day feel better? And how do those things sort of sit nicely next to each other? Yeah, I think that's really important, Hannah, that I'm, I'm not, I think I've had the odd person saying, what do you, what, oh, great, so you just say on a t-shirt, it's okay to feel shit, I mean, they've missed the whole point that money goes to young minds, blah, 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 but um, I can see how that might come across, like, you're just, it's not okay, how can you just say it's okay to feel shit and leave it there, but the point is, which you very rightly, you know, made clear, that it, it's, it's, the idea is that it can get better, and if you talk and reach out and get help, um it there is a way out of this and you will you will feel you will feel unshit again one day so yeah yeah i think it's so important to highlight that i just think as well it really speaks to what we were speaking to earlier you know the shame of it and feeling like well like i said just this idea like how dare i feel like this i shouldn't say i shouldn't tell anyone because they'll just think that I'm being ungrateful or they'll think there's something wrong with me or and all these things that we tell ourselves about how we're feeling and yeah just buck up and get on with it or your life's not that bad or and I kind of just think as well it reminds me of that phrase you don't have to hit rock bottom before you get help mm. actually and if you're feeling a bit shit it is okay to kind of research ways that you might be you might be able to feel a bit less shit you don't have yeah. to be like you said like what a tragedy that people can't get help on the nhs unless they've already you know tried to to end their life i mean what what an absolutely backwards thing i mean the fact that you've got to be terrible and worse and really kind of on the on the line before you before you get help as well. I, I, I think that to me really speaks to what a lot of people say that I, that I talk to. They say, well, I don't need all of this fancy meditation because I'm not bad enough. Mm, or yeah. isn't, isn't meditation only for people that are, actually I get both. I get people saying, isn't meditation only for people who are already really calm? 
And then they say on the flip side, isn't meditation only for people that have had like mental breakdowns and they need to kind of like reset and go on a three month retreat. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not, it, there is a happy medium between those two things. Like you, you can just, you can just feel like you just need a little bit of a little bit of something extra. Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. have to be, uh, you don't have to be having a breakdown before you think that it's okay to not feel miserable all the time. Yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's not, like you said, you don't have to, it's not just when you hit rock bottom that you should start talking and get help. You hit rock bottom because you've had to deal with it all on your own. You felt so isolated and, and felt there's no way out. But if you can kind of stop that, that spiral earlier and just, you know, just if you're feeling shit for maybe you wake up every day and then for a week, you're just not feeling right. And usually you lift out of it, out of it after a day or so. You know, that's already not, that's already a little bit of a problem. So then talking to someone then, even at that, that you might, some people might say early stage and come on, buck out a bit. But if you, you reach out then, that could really help and stop you, you getting worse and worse and feeling like you have to deal with it on your own because you really don't, you don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just think I just, I'm probably repeating myself, but I just think it's so important to say like, you said one of the criticisms that people level at you is, well, what's the point? Like, yeah, okay. What you're just going to say that it's okay to feel like shit and just leave it there. But it's almost like actually the idea is that maybe you will feel like shit and there's still hope. There's still light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're shameful. Yeah. No matter who they are, you know, from, yeah, the biggest celebrity in the world, you think, oh, their life must be amazing or someone who I don't know is uh, working in a little shop you know, whoever you are whatever you're doing nobody in the world has ever not felt shit it's just impossible you know to th that's not life is it you, you can't go through life as much as we all think well they're all they're all doing so well and they're all fine and everyone's so happy they're not then nobody can be <laughs> and that's that's the sooner we teach I think our children and young people that, that that's life unfortunately um, once you're out of the little the childhood bubble, or even young children are now struggling more with depression. Um, it's it's okay and it's normal. It doesn't mean you're any different or any weakness. Or nothing. It's nothing to be ashamed about. In fact, you're really really brave if you talk about it. That's a that's a really amazing thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th yeah. Thank you for 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 just clarifying that. I, I do want to ask you about your personal habits and you have spoken about them a little bit. I'll tell you, exercise is my therapy. It really is. I'm really trying, trying, trying to do a, a bit every day at the moment because it, it re I was very low about uh, a year ago. I had a really bad patch and I went back to the doctor and actually the GP said, um, you know, you, I can give you this prescription for antidepressants, but I think the way you are, and you, I was talking about how I go to the gym, and I think, you know, when you're mildly um, depressed, as she thought she, I was at the time, going to the gym is, you know, they've done research, is as good as any antidepressant. You know, that exercise gets those endorphins going. So just keep trying that for a bit. And if, you know, you're still really struggling, then obviously you can get your medication again. But, and it did, it, it worked. I just kept going and kept going. And for me, anyway, I think it just does, get your endorphins going doesn't it any form of exercise and I'm always saying to my kids and I can't be bothered just getting out and doing something will make you feel better I promise and I know often you know I can't be bothered and I feel like that too but it does really help doesn't it 
that's so that's yeah. a big thing for me yeah that is something that I wanted to mention as well and it's one of the reasons why I talk about habits so much as well it's not only because making habits sort of I sort of see it as a way of outsourcing your willpower it's like if you make something a habit for example if every morning you get up and meditate for 10 minutes or whatever and you don't even really have to think about it because it becomes a habit in your life yeah. it's kind of the same idea and to me it speaks to that idea of come rain or shine you'll do exercise or meditate or whatever your healthy wellness habits are and that speaks to what we were saying earlier about how your moods and your feelings will go up and down and actually it's normal and the use of the word should as well like I should be feeling like this or I shouldn't be feeling like this or I should have achieved more with today or I should have achieved more with my life by now and everything in between those two extremes and I think so many of us especially like you were saying, you know, you were at university when, when this happened. And so you were by all accounts, a, a high functioning, relatively ambitious, intelligent person. And I think so many of the people that I speak to, the women that I work with, we all are, we're all like fairly pretty well educated, ambitious, intelligent women. We've got things we want to do with the world. We've got things we want to get done. And especially like you were saying, you work with young people and especially teenagers under so much pressure to do well in exams, do well at school, go to uni, choose the right degree, get a good job, etc. And all the things that we're so familiar with. And I actually think this idea that we should be different to how we are just trickles down to everything, including I should be happier or I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or, and to me, that, that comes back to the importance of daily rituals because it's like the thing about daily rituals and habits is that it doesn't matter if you're up and down and you're feeling like you should do something or you shouldn't. If it's a daily habit, it's just something that kind of anchors you mm. to the routine. Yeah. And actually, no matter how you're feeling, you do this thing and it sort of shows you that come rain or shine, if you just sort of stick it out, and you continue to have faith that your daily habit will eventually kind of work its magic almost. Yeah. Like you said, when you were feeling low, you didn't want to go to the gym. You didn't know whether it was going to work. Your doctor was like, well, it might not work. See, see how you go. And you went regularly every day or whatever. And slowly but surely, you realized that actually this feeling of feeling like shit is not going to last it's not permanent exactly exactly you, you can get out of it and um it's like just going back to what you're saying about the, the sort of keeping yourself to a routine mm. you know, we're hearing a lot about this at the moment and I, I as a parent you're hearing a lot of kind of pressure to get your kids into a routine and i'm not my elder ones they've been doing online they all kind of they just go up to their rooms and do it so i don't need to worry about them but the little one you know I'm, it is pressure but even if it's a very um kind of very loose routine which ours is um just if he knows he's kind of doing the same thing like reading every day we just read a bit of a book this morning and you know just something that you kind of need at the moment don't we we all kind of need something to know what we're doing every day otherwise it's i've had days when i haven't had anything in place it's been for all of us just like oh this is this is making it harder actually yeah, it's like chaotic. Yeah, exactly. And you, yeah. my mind is then chaotic and all 
fuzzy. I don't know what's going on in there, and yeah, no kind of structure. So yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's important at the moment, isn't it? Especially. Yeah, and I think you you are right actually that we don't want our habits, we don't want our routine to become yet another thing that we feel bad about. Mm. So I think it's really important when you're putting in good healthy habits in place to recognize, you know, just try one, one new habit a week and see how you go or come up with a morning routine that feels manageable, you know? Yeah. Cause for me, I've tried various morning routines and various things and and obviously meditation is a huge one for me and I always do that and for me that is my anchor even if I do nothing else that day I know that I will have done at least 15 minutes of meditating and I'm like well at least I've done that if I have done nothing else this whole day at least I've got that done and I think you can you can see that in so many other habits but I think it is important to think right well what feels manageable? Like what, what is going to be enough of a routine, enough of an anchor, a structure in my day, but isn't going to make me feel like I'm a failure if I don't achieve all of the habits that I've told myself I've got to get done. That's a very good point because I was doing that, putting all this pressure on myself and then feeling shit basically at the end of the day going, I'm, I'm a failure and I'll do better tomorrow. And my husband just went, no, like, you kind of just need to get yourself and the kids through the day. But if you just aim for one thing a day, and that has helped massively. If I can just just get that one thing for me and one thing to do with my little boy, um, then it was like a win. And your whole mindset changes, doesn't it? Like, yes, yeah. I read with him this morning. It was like, yes, I did it. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, did, yeah, just yeah. one thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that for me is why I use meditation as as that's that's what I teach but it could be anything I mean it could be jumping up and down 10 times it's like yeah. as long as you've got an anchor and even at uncertain times like now but even really hard times in my life you know there was a point where my relationship wasn't going very well and we're back on track now thank goodness but a couple of years ago and I just thought oh my god it just shows you how important the rituals and the habits that we that we build for ourselves are when everything else feels like it's going to shit, we've got yeah. that to fall back on. Yeah. And it, it really did become my kind of safe harbor, safe haven in a way. Mm. I knew that as long as I could have this time with myself every day, and like you say, maybe also a bit of exercise or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, no, that's going to keep me on the straight and narrow. Like even if everything else in the world feels like it's falling down around me, as long as I have those kind of cornerstone habits that will... Yeah that will help kind of stop everything from just feeling totally chaotic, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So talk to me a bit more about your routine, because you mentioned exercise. Is that kind of your main thing? You also said you meditate too. I do. I meditate every day. I do 10 minutes, and I use this calm app. Um, I think I seen to you earlier. I've, I've done Headspace, and I, I go into calm every day, and I love it. And takes me on different little journeys and um so that's another thing uh which yeah is a little anchor for me and and just takes me away like you say it's just it's my time every day um and i do that religiously um i write i read i mean this is when the kids aren't around all the time obviously um yeah and and so those are my sort of things that keep me kind of anchored and doing things that that keep me feeling balanced and good and um yeah so those are my main things okay nice yeah I just think it's so important I think something that you said earlier 
that when you, after you've had depression, or if you're somebody that has had serious anxiety, or someone that tends towards negative thinking or anxiety or downward spirals, I don't think it ever goes away completely. No. And I think what you actually do is learn to live with it and learn to recognize it and not not control it or tame it because I don't want to it's not about sort of keeping that side of yourself in a box and just sort of denying it but it's more yeah how can you learn to kind of coexist with it and be okay it certainly is that it's very much a case of um, managing it like you said and and now knowing signs if I'm starting to feel an anxiety attack whereas it would just zoom take over my whole being at that time before now I can have known I can control that breathing is a big thing for me which really really helps um or just and distracting myself but also the other thing I tell myself now that I know that I'm going to be okay whereas before I would just go into that full-on you know state of, of complete anxiety and think oh you know I'm gonna die again and but now I know that you've done this so many times before and you've got through it you breathe through it and you, you, you will do it again. And, and but then that's taken a long time. It, you know, when you're young and you're going through this, it's, it's really, really confusing and horrible and um, lonely, like I said. But yeah, it, it is like, it's, I think it's always there on your shoulder and it's just, yeah, living with it and recognizing it and knowing it's there. And it's cause part of you, I suppose. And, there's nothing you can do like we keep saying it's it's okay as much as it doesn't feel okay at the time but it's it is part of you and you're not alone lots of other people um experience it as well yeah but I think that's a really fantastic way of summarizing the message that you have but also this whole conversation I would say because it is literally like yeah it's you're not saying that it's fine to feel like shit at the time but you're saying, hold, hold on. Like, it's okay because you will be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even though you feel like it's not okay now, the whole point is that if you talk about it, if you acknowledge it, if you recognize how you're feeling, if you give yourself that, sa- that safe space to just be how you are today, whether that's good or bad, eventually you will ride it out eventually you will feel better you will know that even though it doesn't feel like it now you will feel better yeah and I do think it sounds a bit uh I don't know cheesy or and some people will think yeah yeah whatever but it does make you it does make you stronger like all these things do and again it doesn't feel at the time doesn't feel like you're ever gonna feel anything good comes out of having depression or mental health issues but you do learn you do cope and you do get stronger and you are much more in tune with your emotions and you're not saying that anyone who hasn't been through it isn't but it, it, it there are positives is that I don't know if that is the right word because it's, nothing feels positive about it but um there are things that come out of it that you you know make you a stronger person 100 percent. i think that's what what people mean when they say it, but it really builds resilience. Mm, resilience, that's a good word, yes. Yeah, and I think as well, something that I always say when I talk about why why people should meditate, it's like, 
I mean, I shouldn't say the word should because do what you want. I'm not here to try and force you to meditate if you don't want to. But one of the reasons why I say it's such a great thing is because it's almost like it teaches you to be on your own side Mm. and it teaches you compassion. So like we were saying, you're not trying to get rid of your anxiety or your, you know, you're feeling like shitness. You're not trying to kind of pretend it's not there or force it out or mark, you know, give it its marching orders and pretend that it's not part of you. Meditation just teaches you to look after that side of yourself and just see it as part of you. And rather than being at war with the negative, anxious, depressed side of yourself, it's more like, how can I, like I say, how can I learn to be compassionate and kind to it? Talk to it as if it were a friend rather than beating myself up about it. And coexisting with it and I think that that to me feels like a pretty good outcome like if I can develop coping mechanisms to coexist with my depression and anxiety then that that feels that feels like a pretty good result to me yeah yeah no absolutely because like you said it's part of you and you know you may have some people may have had depressive episode and never get it again other people may have recurring or just live with it and but it is a part of who you are totally yeah well that was my last question that I had for you but I do have two more very quick ones firstly well I will just say is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you no because you have talked about brilliant questions and I think we've covered most of like the campaign and my blog and and yeah the, the main thing we can keep going about is it's all okay awesome yeah okay so my very last two questions are firstly where can we get one of these amazing it's okay to feel shit t-shirts oh yes um you can get them on my um blog it's uh com, and they come up the the pop-up comes up straight away they're black this time with a big it's okay to feel s-h-i-t which my little boy is horrified about um and then on the back they say mental health matters um you can get all different sizes men and women um and there's tote bags this time too there's little i know we won't be walking around much using bags but when we can they're um they're really cool little black tote bags and they say it's okay to feel on one side and s-h-i-t on the other amazing amazing and 100 percent profit goes to young minds so it's, it's a complete non-profit campaign so they will get everything which is great wonderful okay i'm gonna go and get one i'm gonna go and get and i love the fact that they're black as well i don't know i just i don't really like white t-shirts i feel like i look better in black ones do you know what i mean yeah because i did white last time and a lot of people said the same like whites some people like white don't they but i think more people and i actually prefer black and isn't that strange it's so it's it's probably some bullshit about, oh, you look slimmer in black or something that's still lingering in the back of my mind, like as if anyone cares about that. But, you know, I don't know. Or maybe it's just that black feels kind of a bit more chic or something. Yeah, I, I think the, I do personally. The white one's sold brilliantly, but I kind of prefer the black ones. I'm definitely going to get a black one. And my absolute last question is, you've already mentioned your blog, of course, but where else can people find you if they want to know more about you and your campaign? Um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram at so happy in town. At so happy in town is my handle for everything. So Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all one word. Yeah, like you, I'm I'm a bit of an Instagram uh, 
fan really I'm, I'm mostly on there brilliant well that's it that's my last question so thank thanks so, so much. much thank you for having and, me and thank you for your work quite honestly because I always think that if someone had ta taught me this stuff when I was 16 17 my life would have been quite different and I think for the better so I'm kind of loving the fact that you're raising awareness of these issues amongst younger people so hopefully by the time they get to my age and your age they won't need to be having the same conversations like let's try and make that change for the future yeah. I really hope so I mean that's exactly sums up one of the reasons why I started this if someone had talked to me about this and saying it's okay when I was younger I mean my whole experience would have been very 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 different and and not felt you know so lonely and lost and um yeah that's why I really hope as many kids and teens and young people and all of us can um feel less alone about the whole thing absolutely couldn't say it better myself thank you so so much Susie it's been an absolute pleasure thank you Hannah if you enjoy this podcast, the best way to support it is to hit subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen so that many other like-minded women just like you and me can discover it and share the word. I'd also absolutely love it if you could let me know what your favorite takeaway was from this week's episode. Come and tag me on Instagram at breathe like a badass. You can take a screenshot of the podcast episode that you're listening to or just come and drop me a DM because let's be honest, I'm on Instagram pretty much every single day and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. As I say, the best way that you can continue to support podcasts like this and incredible women in business just like the ones that I interview on this show is to hit subscribe, leave a review and share. In the meantime, thank you again and I cannot wait to see you back here for next week's episode. Just remember, breathe like the badass you are and you won't go far wrong.